Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello and welcome to episode 127 of Geek Town Radio. This week I have with me... Matt! <laughs> nice, that's McCree. Um, which one is that? I think that's when he's... Because uh, each character has ultimates and you hear different voices depending on if that player's on your team or not. I think that's the enemy's version. <laughs> right, um, okay. So that's yeah, that's cool. Overwatch anyway, isn't it? So Yeah, Overwatch, yeah. yeah. It's when he has his, his ultimate thing. Um, yeah, I'm right. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Kind of getting over a cold, so if I sound a bit kind of coffee and bunged up, that's why. But, mm, uh, but apart from day, that, so. going, <laughs> yeah, going okay. So um, what have you been up to? I've been playing some Overwatch myself as well. They keep coming out with updates like every fortnight, and it's kind of hard to keep up with. Right. Uh, they got a new like Junker Town update coming. It's not actually come out yet, and they're doing several updates to different characters and stuff that um, they haven't quite come out yet, but they're in like the PTR thing right so uh waiting for those to come out as well quite quite interesting updates a couple of characters are getting like rockets and stuff this other character is getting like a second ultimate ability kind of thing there's only one other character that has two of those in the game apart from overwatch i've been playing uncharted lost legacy oh, i actually yeah. finished it because it, it's not particularly long but i'm going to go back and try and get the platinum there's some right. difficult trophies in there and there's about 10 hidden trophies which you have to kind of look up how to do or they, they kind of hint to it is like guess what you have to do and i'm like well that could be anything in the game do you know what i mean <laughs> um but yeah there's like different youtube channels out there obviously that have like you know here's a list of trophies here's how you get them that kind of stuff so i'll see if i can if i can platinum it i've only platinum to playstation games in the year that i've had the thing so right um have you had a chance to play it no i haven't got it yet i i'll wait until it it drops in price a little bit i think because okay. it's uh but but yeah i i will get it at some point i've just mm. i'm i'm in the middle of i'm still playing fallout at the moment so when i okay. when i get bored of that i may go and pick it up in the best way possible it's basically uncharted 4 but just with different characters but uncharted right. 4 was a great game like yeah, a, yeah. amazing game so it's like the same you know the rope and the same kind of yeah basically the same game as if you've just like done another chapter in right, Uncharted okay. 4 kind of thing but in, again in the best way possible it's not like oh we'll just stick our engine out there again yeah and they kind of thought like okay this engine's actually really good and it's it's quite new because Uncharted 4 only came out last year yeah so it's like they're, they're used to that again but uh, no it's pretty good it takes place with Chloe and Nadine I think after Uncharted 4 Right, that's what okay. I gathered from what some of the characters were saying. Yeah, and um, there's two kind of arcs to the game. The first one is sort of uh, you walk, you drive around this big map and you collect these, you know, the treasures and stuff that they go after. You kind of go around and do that, and then every so often in the different locations, they have some of the shoreline people, 
and uh, Nadine will say, oh, look, there's shoreline trucks over there because they all have the same kind of trucks. Right. Um, and she'll say, we got to get out of the car and not make noise and try and, you know, be silent, which isn't easy when you don't have a silenced weapon. Right. Um, but, you know, you can just, like, go all guns blazing. It's it's yeah. up to you, really. There is a point in the game, actually, where you get a silenced pistol, but it's only got 19 bullets, and it's the only case that comes up. So I'm not <laughs> right, sure okay. what that is. Unless it's, like, use this when you get to those situations. I don't know. But Maybe. It's, yeah. uh, it was a strange kind of addition. Because when I picked it up, I thought, oh, that's, that's cool. I actually got a silenced weapon, and then before I knew it, I'd used all the ammo. And then... <laughs> Yeah, there you go. Oh, well. Yeah, it, it was pretty good. It's about eight hours long. Okay. Um, so not too long. I think the last Uncharted was 14 hours or so, but that's been pretty good as well. And yeah, I'll see if I can platinum that soon. The the next bit I'm actually doing is the crushing playthrough. Crushing is the hardest difficulty on the game. Right. Um, and you actually have to finish it once before. You can't just like jump into that difficulty. You have to kind of unlock it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's I'm see how I get on with that. Uh, which will be quite interesting. What else have I been watching and stuff? Uh, watch this film called Naked on Netflix. Okay. It's about, uh, have you heard of it at all? The name, it, it rings a bell. I think I must have seen it, but I've not actually watched it. I've, I've seen it come up. About this guy who's he's trying to get married and um, gets to a certain point in the film and he's in this time loop. And the way it kind of works eventually is every time he mucks up something at the wedding or, you know, because um, the woman's father, uh, who's played by the guy, guy who played uh, President Palmer in 24. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, he's in this as the father and he plays a very kind of strict kind of dad. So like the guy that you're following, you can tell when he messes up. Whereas he has like an hour to do the wedding properly. And every time he mucks up, even if it's before the hour, you hear like the, the wedding bells go off and then he right. starts again. But where he starts again is naked in an elevator. And then like the doors open, there's all these people there and you see him do that. Okay. 10, 15 times. I see. And then eventually he works out what's going on um, and then he tries to like correct different mistakes and stuff. So I've still it, got about an hour of it left to watch so I've yeah. actually seen how it finishes. So it's sort of a Groundhog Day type thing, I guess. Kind of, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm guessing eventually he gets the, the wedding right and he... I would assume so, yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Okay. It's only about an hour and a half but I've seen about the first half an hour um, and it is, you know, yeah. It's a silly idea but, but it's quite entertaining so yeah. um, I thought that would be good to watch. Um, what else have I been doing? I've watched, um, still watching like, things like Nashville, which has been quite good this season. Yeah. I think we've got about seven or eight episodes left. Um, I've got one from, because I don't watch it on Friday, I watch it on like Monday, just before I sort of watch Game of Thrones type thing. Because uh, I don't want to watch it after Game of Thrones, because I'll be too distracted by what's happened. <laughs> um, so I kind of watch it as a bit of a bit of a build up to that. The other thing I started was Dr. Foster. There's five episodes in the first season. Yeah. And I watched the first three, I really like it. It's it's strange how with Dr. Foster and with Friends from College, both have storylines about like cheating and stuff. And okay. it makes the show kind of interesting in that way there's other little plots in both of those shows but the main kind of thrust of both of them is um the affair or the cheating that's going on yeah see i watched the first three episodes i thought it was that was very good um it's on it's up on netflix at the moment i think it's on the iplayer but it was on my netflix list for a while and then once once i finished riviera i went and finished i went and started uh dr foster have you seen dr foster at all i haven't no it's it's one that's kind of got quite a lot of attention recently because of the new season coming out so I uh, mm. may go and try and catch up with it because it seems to be okay. quite good. So. so I've got two episodes left of that and then I think it's starting again soon, isn't it? So yeah, uh, it's good that I get the chance to catch up. Did you manage to finish Riviera? I still haven't got to the end of it, no. I've been okay. distracted by other things, but I will I will get back to it at some point. I enjoyed the show, but I, I, 
I didn't quite like the ending and I would like a second season because it, it was in a state where you could kind of not have a season, but I'd want right. to, I want another one just to kind of connect a few more of the bots that right. are still kind of dangling. Okay. Because um, it kind of ended and I was like, oh, I kind of want a bit more, that <laughs> sort of thing. So, uh, yeah, I think that's been about what I've been doing. I yeah. um, haven't played any, any Crash because I played it for six weeks and it was time to play something else. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I would have to get back to it, though, because I was like halfway through getting the Platinum for two and I don't want to just, you know, throw away yeah. all my progress for that. So Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I'm still playing Fallout. I've done most of the DLC, although I'm still finding things that have cropped up in the main game. Like I found a, a an old abandoned shopping kind of area, which is entirely manned by robots, which okay. I, I think must have been added as part of the, uh, the robot DLC expansion, because I don't remember ever finding that before. So that was a nice surprise because I didn't realize that was there. So I'm still coming across like little bits and pieces that I haven't found before on that game, which is great. So cool. I'm enjoying playing around with that. Most of my week has been taken up with Gotham Season 3 because I was uh, lucky enough to have the Blu-ray sent out to me. So I've, okay. I've, been, I've been watching it on Blu-ray, like on disc, like some Neanderthal. Uh, <laughs> I'm so used <laughs> to streaming everything. Uh, honestly, I had to go in, like, because um, I, okay. I don't use the PlayStation or the Xbox that much because I play a lot okay. on PC. So I, like, turned on the PlayStation and there was, like, a million updates that needed to happen and, <laughs> and all that sort of yeah there's probably been a, f- a few uh firmware updates and yeah stuff. so I've, i had and, to do yeah. all that and eventually managed to get the disc in but yeah the blu-ray's really good the transfer's great you know really good quality it's quite nice because you do um certainly on the on the blu-ray it's probably not like this on the dvd but on the blu-ray it literally you get to the end of an episode on that disc it tells you to eject the disc you put the new one in it basically jumps through everything and goes straight to the start of the next episode oh, cool. like it would if it was streaming so you know it, it's actually quite decent the, uh, mm. the blu-ray copy and there's a few little extras like bonus scenes and um My yeah, scenes yeah that's all that sort of stuff is on there yeah so that's quite that's quite good we have got competition running on the website to ring gotham win gotham season three as well which runs i think until the first of september so you've still got time to go on and uh, try and win that just go and look under the competitions tag for tab for that but that's uh, that's for gotham on dvd yeah really enjoyed the season though i mean it dips a little bit in places but it has quite okay. a strong finish so uh, i've been really enjoying that everybody that hasn't got it coming on dvd it is of course coming to netflix at, on the first as well so yeah. i hope they actually i'm going to take it from channel five and have it as a weekly thing because Netflix have done that with a few other things, yeah. like suits and gender version and stuff. I I would hope that's the case, but I Hopefully. don't know. Because <laughs> I don't know. I mean, technically, Five still have the rights to it, and Five may still air it, but what that means for season four i don't know because it depends whether they've still got first refusal to buy season four or whether they're going to let it lapse after the fiasco that this year's been with season three yeah. so uh hopefully they'll let it lapse and it'll go on to onto netflix that would be good but we'll see also on netflix rick and morty i'm i'm now up to date yeah, so, to mention that. Yeah. yeah so rick and morty i'm now up to date and i'm i'm back i'm now watching it weekly which is slightly frustrating because it was it was so nice being able to kind of just binge yeah, by just throw through. another one on, throw another one on, kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but it's it, great show, really, really good fun. So, um, yeah. 
I'm uh, so enjoying Rick and Morty. I what was the newest one? It was when uh, it was uh, the one with the Jerry. Summer, she got like yes, enlarged. Yeah, it was, it was that one. So uh, yes, yeah, so that was, I it was great. Rick and Morty went to that planet where you like couldn't die. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. It was Jerry and Jerry and Rick went to the planet yeah. where. You, yeah. I kind of like what they what they've done with jerry it's created yes. a kind of different feel to the show yeah it's been nice that it's been good so um mm. loving that rick and morty if you've not caught it yet it's so worth watching i'm a complete convert to that now strike as well strike the cuckoo's calling which started on over the weekend on bbc one this is the uh adaptation of the jk rowling novel writing under a pseudonym okay. um robert gilbrath i think his name the pseudonym she used is but uh yeah, that's really good, solid crime drama. I mean, it's it's like pretty much every other BBC crime drama in, in a certain ex- a certain extent. You know, it's it just has that feel to it. But it's perfectly solid, well acted, well written, everything you'd sort of expect. It's just it's not particularly out of the ordinary at the moment. But I like the characters, so you know, yes. I, I'm enjoying it. So that's good. The Last Ship came back on on Sky One as well. So I've been watching that. Bids everywhere on <laughs> The Last Ship. They, they, <laughs> I don't know whether they're trying to show the passage of time or, or whatever it is, but everybody seems to have grown a beard since, since we uh, last saw them. And it, it jumps pretty much straight into the new season, which is about the fact that the virus which was attacking the humans is now attacking the plant life instead because the humans are now immune. So uh, they're now going to starve to death, basically. So it's them trying to deal with that. And apparently there's a seed which they've got to get hold of because okay. it's the one seed that is apparently immune to the virus, but they're very rare and one person has them. And they're going to, it's very Michael Bay, <laughs> you know, big <laughs> explosions, guns, shooting, that sort of stuff. I mean, it's fun, but it's a bit light on plot, which is, you know, as I say, very Michael Bay. And, uh, <laughs> Game of Thrones. Very, very Transformers. Yeah. Yes, very Transformers. Uh, and Game of Thrones, of course, the finale, well, he's probably, by the time you listen to this, most of you, I suspect, will have watched it. But mm-hmm. uh, I know you haven't seen it yet, Matt, so we can't talk much about it yet. But we shall no. be doing the final Game of Thrones podcast on Wednesday. We're recording that, won't we? Yeah. So reviewing Westeros, that one is. So yeah. we'll be uh, we'll be see- doing that on Wednesday if you want to catch that. I watched it this morning. Uh, phenomenal. As ever, it's I did check of, how long it was. Yeah, it's it ends yeah. up being an hour and a half with adverts, so it's I think it's about eighty minutes. Um, yeah, it's like an hour seventeen. Cause I checked the, the yeah. time of it this morning. So, um, because I noticed in the UK versions, we don't get the previously, at least not the no, the we on demand versions. And I think in the HBO show, they take like two minutes at the time mm. or something. They do quite long previously. Yeah, they do. We don't get the previously at all over here. But um, it's fantastic as usual. It's a it's a good kind of more political and talking one. Although there are a few action bits, and the action bits are fairly spectacular. So um, mm. yeah, it's it's a fairly good mix. It sets things up very nicely for the next season, which may come next year, may come the year yeah. after. We don't know yet. It's still very much up in the air. It depends how long it takes for them to finish it. And so, there's no need for them to rush it. So no, no. So yeah. So well, uh, what do you think? Do you think George will 
released a book before the show comes back, or do you think that's just not going to happen? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. He maybe he maybe <laughs> decides to wait until after the show's finished, or he releases it along with the final season. Possibly, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to wait till the show's finished to start reading the book anyway. So yeah, I or think that's to maybe on Audible or, or something. I don't know. So. Yeah. So um, that's everything I've been doing this week. Let's move on to some TV and film news. <laughs> Start off the TV and film news this week with the air date updates as usual. There's quite a lot of stuff where you can tell we're heading into sort of September um, Mm -hmm. because there is a lot of news about shows coming back and being renewed and, you know, that sort of thing. So uh, kick off with um, Phoebe Waller-Bridge's Fleabag. That's been renewed for a second season by BBC Three and Amazon Worldwide as well who air it. Uh, Not coming back till 2019, though, that... uh, basically because Phoebe's incredibly busy on other things right now, including being in part of the new Had Solo movie. So, um, so yes, she's she's quite busy at the moment. She's got another thing coming out on BBC America, which she's showrunner for. So lots of stuff going on, which is why it's delayed until 2019. Lucky Man is back for a third season, which I don't think is any great surprise to anybody, given that it was Sky's, one of Sky's highest rated dramas last year. So uh, yeah. I, I don't think that's any great Shock. I still need to try that, uh, oh. Lucky Man. Oh, haven't you tried that yet? It's a very good show. No, really, really good. So much out there, isn't there? So yeah, yeah. yeah. But I'm, I'm imagining that's on the Sky box sets because it's a Sky oh, series. So. Mm. Um, that should be kicking around on box sets but that's back for a third season I suspect that will be early next year Amazon has renewed Transparent for a fifth season again no great surprise there given it's won a million different awards Friends from College renewed for a second season which Yay. is, like <laughs> is, is good news I mean I, I've only watched the first episode so far I want to watch the oh, rest of it yeah. I, I haven't watched the whole thing yet but I have to say having watched the first episode it got mauled by the critics and I don't understand why because I, it seems perfectly fine I mean again yeah. I haven't seen the whole thing but you know, certainly based off the first episode, I don't see why they went for it in such a vicious way. But uh, yeah, um, you know, obviously went down well on Netflix because they've ordered a second season of it. So that's good. Mm-hmm. Then we've got a bunch of things coming back. We've got Alan Partridge is returning to uh, the BBC for a 25th anniversary special this year because it's 25 years since Alan Partridge first appeared on radio. And cool. uh then he's got a new series coming to the BBC next year, which is interesting because he's been on um, Sky Atlantic for the last couple of seasons. So uh, mm. back to the BBC, which is good. And League of Gentlemen is returning for three specials later this year. I imagine they're going to probably end up going out over Christmas. It's the type of thing that will go yeah. down well, I would have thought, over Christmas. So uh, League of Gentlemen, that's coming back for three specials again because it's an anniversary celebration for those guys. So uh, it's fantastic to have that back as well. Over on Netflix, they've picked up a fantastic show called The Good Place, which is basically about a woman who gets sent to The Good Place, i.e. heaven, when, and it's sort of a, a, a mistake, and in actual fact, she should have been sent to The Bad Place, but uh, she's managed to kind of sneak into The Good Place and wants to try and stay there, so he's trying to kind of reform herself to make her, make sure she doesn't get kicked out. So okay. um, it's hilariously funny. I actually... 
saw the first season of it because it was on the plane. It's one that came out last year and uh, I've been really interested in. And uh, I saw it on the plane over America. They had the whole box set of the first season. So I just binge watched my way through it on the flight over. Really, really enjoyed the first season. Comes back for a second season on the 21st of September. And Netflix will be dropping the first season in as a box set from the 21st of September and the second season weekly after that. So uh, that's one to look out for because it's really funny. Really, really good. Over on F- uh, Fox, Fox UK have picked up the X-Men drama the gifted and that's coming from sunday the uh 8th of october at 9 p.m that's arriving so i'm really happy about that because that's been getting Mm. some fairly good reviews from people who have seen it and previews and stuff that that seems to have been going down very very well so i'm looking forward to that coming and uh it's part directed by the first episode is directed by brian singer it's genuinely has a connection to the x-men world it's it's said to be set within the X-Men Fox movie world as well. So as much as I liked Legion, I think that I feel like I might enjoy the, enjoy the show a bit more. It's a bit more sort of teams yeah. with, with powers rather than like this yeah. guy. With, Legion, um, Legion's amazing. Yeah. Uh, it's an amazing, yeah, yeah. amazing show, but I know exactly what you mean. It's, it's mm. bizarre. Yeah. It's bizarre and weird and uh, it's sort of strange. So, it doesn't really fit in with the standard X-Men stuff, whereas this, I think, is much more designed to be part of that world. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to that coming. It looks really good. On to other news. New shows coming. Sky One have announced that there was a new show they've picked up called Bulletproof from Noel Clark and Ashley Walters. Are you aware who Noel Clark and Ashley Walters are? I'm, I'm assuming... I saw- the picture of him, I can't quite remember him. But, no, uh, no, yeah, Clark, I, uh, no Clark yeah. was, uh, well, probably best known for being in Doctor Who, but also yeah. is a, a fantastic filmmaker in his own right and producer and uh, director. And he's done uh, the film Kid Hood and Adulthood and yeah, yeah. and all those. He's, he's been, like in, yeah, been in various different things. Ashley Walters has been in various uh, BBC dramas and other things as well. So he's made quite a good acting career for himself. They're a really good couple. I think it's, it's going to be make a really interesting TV series that... Uh, it's coming to Sky One next year. It's called Bulletproof. It stars Clark and Walters as a police duo called Bishop and Pike, two best mates bonded by the same moral code despite their various obvious differences. It's uh, said to be packed full of humour, action and emotion. So the show centres on the relationship between the fathers and sons and is about friendship, conspiracies and ghosts from the past. So it sounds like it's going to be kind of an action comedy drama. Yeah. But th- I like the idea of having a kind of buddy, British buddy cop thing because it's been a while since i think we've had a decent mm. one of those um, i think the only the only kind of good um at least currently running uh american like buddy cop thing i can think of is like brooklyn 99 i suppose it's, there's lethal weapon as well of course which is yeah. still running yeah. which is uh, got fairly I've good reviews. myself so i don't know yeah. if i yeah but, that's, uh, that's a fairly yeah. good review so uh and mm-hmm. i've seen a few episodes of it it's good fun but yeah i like the fact that this is a, a british kind of take on this whole buddy cop thing um mm. it's created by uh no clark and ashley walters as well along with nick love who's the uh quite a well-known director he did the football factory so the three of them together i think are a really strong team so i i'm really looking forward to this i think it could be a great show don't know exactly when that's coming it's just going to be some point next year but it's called bulletproof that may be on sky one mm. yeah quite looking forward to that on to american tv news 24 legacy star 
star Anna Diop has been cast in the Titan series as Starfire. So this is the uh, this series that DC are doing based on Teen Titans, led by Dick Grayson, who's coming out of Batman Shadow as Nightwing, and uh, he's putting together this new team of team of superheroes. It's from Greg, Greg Belanti, the guy that created you know Arrow, Flash, and all those. But mm-hmm. it, it isn't airing on the CW. It's airing on DC's new streaming service. So we don't know whether it's going to be directly connected. I kind of hope it is. Yeah, I think that would make sense, but it's going on to the uh, the DC streaming service instead. Anna Diop played um, the girlfriend in uh, the uh, wife wife, I guess it was in uh, Twenty Four Legacy. Yeah. Yes, played Eric's wife in the in the show. Character that I hated. She's I'm sure she's a lovely actress, but I absolutely hated that <laughs> character. Um, so I mean, I'm but I'm I'm perfectly happy that she's she's playing Starfire in this. Uh, yeah, yeah. I did wonder what sort of reaction she'd get because obviously she's a black actress, and I wonder if the, that will get a bit of a backlash. But Starfire technically is orange, so I don't think how I don't think anybody could actually complain about the, the race of the person that's playing the character. So, yeah, it doesn't matter. It so really, character. doesn't matter. Yes, uh, Starfire is princess of a fictional planet called Tamaran on uh, the Vengas system. As a Tamaranian, her physiology absorbs ultraviolet radiation, is converted into pure energy, allowing her to fly at supersonic speeds and give us gives her superhuman strength and durability. The other person that they've already cast is an actress called Tegan Croft, who's from Home and Away. She's landed the role of Raven, who is a powerful empath that is also the daughter of a demon. So needs to keep her emotions in check, otherwise risks unleashing her demon side. So yeah, I mean, it's shaping up like it could be quite a good series. This is quite interesting because they do seem to be casting relatively young actors in some of the roles. I mean, you know, Tegan Crofty's in her teens. I mean, Anna Diop's older, obviously, but I, mm-hmm. you know, it's. I, I think that's fine because in the comic book, Starfire and Nightwing had a thing going on so i think it makes sense that starfire and nightwing are probably going to be the older characters out of the group i would have said so uh yeah it'll be interesting to see who else they cast but i'm quite looking forward to seeing this i'm just hoping it makes it over here yeah i wonder what it'll be on yeah uh, it's it's not going to be like a cw sky thing so no no and i mean at the moment we don't know because the with it being on this DC digital service, we did, they haven't even announced with the digital service whether it's going to be just the US or whether it's going to go out worldwide. Because if that's a worldwide digital service, it's another thing you're going to have to pay for. If it's just yeah. US, then it means that they'll sell the show on to somebody else. So I'll have to wait and see. But I imagine it, it will be one that Sky might be interested in, although they haven't mentioned picking up Black Lightning yet. So No, I think Sky probably will, though. It makes sense. Yeah, um, although technically it's not connected, but I, I, I suspect it will be at some point. Yeah, it will be at some point. Every weird if it, it kind of, yeah. So, it wouldn't make sense if Black Lightning wasn't connected. Yeah, no, I know. I mean, I know they've said it isn't at the moment, but I, I, I've said all along I don't see that lasting more than a season. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see. Moving on, the last story we've got today is James Gunn is looking to reboot Starsky and Hutch for TV. So we're talking about buddy cop dramas. I mean, are you aware of the original Starsky and Hutch? Kind of. I haven't seen it, but I have, no. I have heard of this before. I, I wouldn't expect you to have done it. I mean, it was an old show from the 70s. Starsky and Hutch is basically the original buddy cop drama. I mean, it's, it has all the elements in the that you've got sort of a flashy car. You had a detective duo once kind of 
streetwise intense ex-army the other one's sort of more reserved intellectual by the book cop it was set in the fictional bay city in california they had the gran torino which was like red with the white stripe down the side so it was really iconic looking car uh they had a confidential informant called huggy bear who was kind of this jive talking drug dealer i mean it was it was set in the sort of late 70s or it was made in the late 70s uh they did do a movie remake in 2004 with Ben Stiller and Owen Wilson. But that was very much a comedy. So, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what James Gunn does with this because... I mean, obviously, he likes his retro stuff. I mean, James Gunn is the director of Guardians of the Galaxy. So mm-hmm. if anybody can pull this off, it's him, because he's somebody that can kind of mix retro with modern day. Whether they'll set it as a 70s cop show, I don't know. Or whether he will try and update it into a more modern thing. I, I'd sort of like it to stay being a 70s cop show. I think that could be quite interesting, doing it like that. Yeah, I mean, hopefully they, they can like modernise it a bit. Uh, I know it's a bit different. But like it's like when uh, Twenty Four Living Another Day came back and they had like you know updated cell phones and they had um, drones and stuff. So I'm not expecting drones to be in this, but uh, no, you, you sort of see what I mean. But so. I mean, yeah, I know what you mean. I just think Starsky and Hutch is such a '70s kind of thing. Yeah. I think it would be. If, if you kind of bring it up to date, it sort of makes it more normal. And I, I, I quite like to see it. I just recreated as a show set in the seventies, as a cop drama set in the seventies, you know, another pr- a procedural fine, you know, but I would like to keep it in that time period, but we'll, we'll see. We'll see what James Gunn wants to do with it. But, uh, it's quite interesting that, uh, yeah, he's taking the helm on it. So, uh, so we'll see what happens with that. That's all the news we've got for this week. Next up, we move on to the interview. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program. So the interview this week is with a director called Chris Bouchard. He is a British film director based in London. He's currently promoting the US release of a movie, London's Finest, which was known as Hackney's Finest in the UK when it was originally released over here. It's about Cyrus, who is a Hackney courier controller who likes to make a little bit of extra cash on the side. Asif is an Afghan illegal immigrant trafficking heroin through London for his uncle. And together with some small time Welsh Jamaican dealers, they get cut up in an elaborate 
trap set by two police detectives working off the books on a private vendetta to take them down using a hired Russian gang. It, it's kind of um, Guy Ritchie-esque, I think it would be fair to say, although, I mean, unique in its own way, but I, that would be the, my reference point for it. The okay. other film that he's not quite well known for is a crowdsourced YouTube hit called The Hunt for Gollum. It was a 40-minute short based on Lord of the Rings, which came to breakout success online. It got over 10 million views. It's recognised as the first serious fan film attempt based on Lord of the Rings. It's up on YouTube if you want to go and find it. It's called The Hunt for Gollum, but I've I watched it recently. It's really good. So here's the interview with Chris. We'll see you afterwards with some highlights for next week on TV. Hi, Chris. David. Hello, How how's it going? All right, how are thanks. you? Very good, thanks. Very good. Good. Thanks for spending a bit of time just to come on and talk about your stuff and your movie and sure. things. My pleasure, and um, thanks for inviting me on. You're most welcome. You're on mainly to talk about uh, your film, which is, well, depending what side of the Atlantic you're on, it's called either yeah. London's, London's Finest or Hackney's Finest, depending whether you're in the UK or the US. I'm assuming because uh, US people don't know what a hackney is, so... <laughs> You're dead right there, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, we all love Hackney, but um, in the States, they're just kind of like, Hackies, what? Hackies, what? So we're like, okay, let's call it London's finest. Done. So, yeah. Yes, yeah, that makes yeah. sense. So on to talk a bit about that, I'm sure we'll talk about some of the other stuff as well. Should we just start off with a bit, little bit of background? How did you get into directing in the first place? Uh, <laughs> I guess um, I originally got into directing when I was a student in York, up in the north, and yeah. um, I joined the, the film club and just they had these cameras and we ended up shooting stuff uh, little student films shooting zombie films shooting anything we could uh, on the weekends and in between all our studies so um, I wasn't actually studying film I was studying engineering and right. music technology yeah and I was writing music I thought I wanted to be a musician like <laughs> everyone yeah and um, and ended up shooting loads of stuff and and shooting loads of short films okay and cool and then I was hooked <laughs> and you ended up going on to, to you you working for uh, or you have been working on whether you're still there for frame store frame store yeah frame yes. store they ran yeah really cool company that was my first job yeah um, was working in visual effects on you know some of the uh, really cool movies they're doing in london and one of my first projects i was helping with was the harry potter series and so on so it was a really cool initiation to the big budget film world but at the same time i was as doing the visual effects work i was always off making my own low budget films and and um we made this lord of the rings i've always been a big lord of the rings uh <laughs> tolkien yeah. um, fan and so um my sort of first serious independent project was um, the hunt for Gollum, which is a sort of a tolkien fan film yes um, based yeah. on the lord of the rings so um so yeah <laughs> yeah was I, a lot of fun i was uh, I, I literally just finished watching the hunt for Gollum. i was uh, i was watching <laughs> it this, uh, earlier on today so uh, yeah which is a great little fan film if you've if you've not seen it. it's about 40 minutes long you made that and th- then this is your first kind of big film in its own right i guess yeah so um I guess we'll call it London's Finest for yes. now because um, we're yes, all having to call it that now. Yeah. Um, but it is called Hackney's Finest in the UK and it yeah. was already released here in the UK. And now it's being released in, in, in the US, which is which is great because it's a very it's a very independent, low budget film. Um, but it was my first 
full-length feature film as a director. And it's this kind of dodgy drug dealer gangster film about a bunch of um, bunch of drug dealers in Hackney who get into a bit of trouble <laughs> with the police and various uh, other gangs. So, um, yeah, it's a bit of fun. It's uh, it's definitely light entertainment in terms of the, uh, the storyline and the characters. It was also a lot of fun to play with that genre and play with some of the stereotypes. One of the coolest things about the script was... Uh, when I read it, was it had these characters who were kind of Welsh Jamaicans <laughs> who come down from Wales to pick up a big stash of heroin that they're buying and um, end up getting caught up in the kind of drugs war that's going on along with our main character, Cyrus, who's, who's just a bit of a stoner, really, and gets, gets sort of uh, blamed for everything and gets targeted by um, the various villains of the piece um so yeah it was it was a good fun and and quite original with those characters actually i hadn't yeah. seen a gangster film with characters like this before right and that's why i wanted to do this one yeah because the the, the originality that it had in terms of just sort of scenes and, and sort of piece of dialogue that we hadn't that i think hadn't quite been done with this tone before <laughs> very tongue-in-cheek kind of tone yeah so yeah um yeah it was was a great great experience to shoot as well yeah yeah i i love the fact you're a huge obviously a huge lord of the rings fan you managed to find a writer called thorin so <laughs> yeah you can't make it up it's completely bizarre but the writer of london's finest uh thorin seeks um he is called thorin and um i can believe it but it's his genuine name that he was given at birth and um he's very wow. proudly a thorin yeah. And uh, he's a member of Thorin's of the World Facebook group, which I believe there is. And uh, there's a great many of them out there. I'm sure there uh, are. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. It's just a great name. It's not not one yes. that you're going to struggle when you get to kind of your equity things to say, you know, when you, people are looking you up on IMDb, is it really? <laughs> uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, brilliant. And a, but a brilliantly talented writer. And once you get to know him, you realize he's nothing like uh, you know, <laughs> sort of dwarf character you'd imagine and um a, a very quite a comedian as a writer has, has a certain very sardonical sense of humor that he always puts into his stories yeah and his yeah. writing so so that's uh you know that that's what really came out in terms of the story yeah i i mean i haven't actually seen the uh the full film but i've i've been watching the trailers and clips and stuff and uh there's there's something a little bit of the sort of early guy Ritchie stuff about it i would say it's got that sort of mix of humor and the kind of gangster stuff in there as well i guess yeah it's definitely playing with those that kind of stereotype as a starting point but then it goes and does its own yeah. thing kind of twists the expectations there so when you watch the film you'll see that the um it's got this cheekiness and this sort of tongue-in-cheek sense of humor that that almost uh, is a bit of a send-up of even of the Guy Ritchie films which were a send-up of <laughs> themselves yeah. of um <laughs> of the kind of older gangster films yeah so yeah we're just sort of trying to continue that tradition of you know taking the mickey out of uh <laughs> out of everything that's already been done yeah yeah so, yeah. so how did you find the uh the cast for it because i mean casting welsh jamaicans can't, can't be the most easy thing to do yeah no it, it was tough it was tough we put a lot of a lot of feelers out to a lot of um welsh uh, acting circles and and networks and drama groups and we're trying to find but we couldn't find it was very tough and and we we ended up doing a lot of auditions and no one showed up to the welsh jamaican 
characters' auditions. <laughs> and so we're like, well, like, where are all the Welsh Jamaicans? And turns out there just aren't any. Yes. Um, but we we but we found that in the end, we found Enoch Frost and we found Marlon G. Day. Yeah. And they came along and they, they'd somehow heard about it through the grapevine of the various ads that have been out and the casting director that um, Andy Fawn, who'd put those, those, um, the, he really has been struggling and then eventually did get some responses and their agents had seen this and, um, you know, being, being quite, you know, established actors and yeah. they'd love the idea of playing these characters because they had never played anything like this before. And so <laughs> they thought, okay, let's do it. And yeah. so, yeah, once they, and they, once they came on board, we were suddenly, we were into shooting and we shot some of those first scenes pretty quick after that. And, yeah. Uh, and yeah. So uh, how long were you, were you shooting for? And, and uh, I'm assuming it was shot in and around London. Uh, yeah. Um, it was shot in various industrial districts of East London, South London and Kent. Right. And um, the more abandoned and derelict looking, the better. Um, <laughs> we probably were shooting for a couple of months on and off uh, for the main shoot. And then we did a little bit. I think we did a couple of scenes ahead a few months before that and some of the interior scenes just to get them out of the way. Yeah. And um, yeah, it was it was a it was a great shoot. It was a lot of night shoots. A lot of the film takes place at night. So right. you obviously have to stay up all night for three weeks solid to shoot those scenes <laughs> yeah and you're uh you know you don't sleep for basically you know you you finish keep shooting until the sun rises and then everyone's <laughs> like a zombie and wanting to go home but you're like no come on we have to do this guys but everyone was great the crew were really solid and really committed and the actors were really um worked hard and very kind of dedicated to their characters and bring them to life so it was great and we we're shooting scenes with shootouts and there's some great action scenes we got to do in these uh, derelict warehouses uh, we did have to be a bit careful with regards to that because um you know we had sort of very real looking replica weapons on set right and, um well our characters you know are dressed as drug dealers and dressed as gangsters and a lot <laughs> of time they're just sitting in sitting in their cars or in their vehicles waiting for their next scene and um, we had to be careful we didn't get any calls from the police sort of saying, why are you, what are you doing at 3 a.m. in the middle of the morning uh, down at the docks? You know, what yes. the hell are you guys doing? So we had to, you know, we had to actually warn the police in advance to say, don't worry, it's only Hackney's finest. <laughs> um, um, if you get any suspicious calls, it's just us. Um, and uh, luckily, yeah, we didn't get too much <laughs> trouble about that. See, there's there's a film for you. You you, yeah. you have people robbing banks or doing drug deals whilst there is a filming of a movie about robbing about doing drug deals going on. There you go. You know what? I, I don't want to suggest it to anyone, but yeah, you know, there's definitely something that we should do that one. Yeah, yeah. I don't, we should do that one, David. Yes. Um, so yeah, you've got um, the the cast is great as well. You've got a, a really good uh, cross section of people. I noticed you've stuck uh, Sean Cronin in there who I think there's some sort of rule that if you make a gangster movie in London Sean Cronin has to be in the cast somewhere along the way it's obligatory He's, he just gets in he's just suddenly in it it's amazing <laughs> just turns up you don't hire him he just turns up on set one day <laughs> he, he is he's prolific Sean Sean Yes. Very, very brilliant and you know does the gangster thing like no one else so, yes yeah, exactly 100% <laughs> so um yeah. What would you say is the most interesting experience you had while uh, shooting? I think it was, we. there's a scene where one of the characters, Asif, played by Rajan Sharma, his, 
his uncle is smuggling in heroin, is smuggling drugs into London through the docks, supposed right. to be direct from Afghanistan. And they're smuggling them inside fruit, inside huge watermelons. Right. And the idea is they've hidden the stash inside the watermelons and no one's going to check. And so, yeah, it, we, it was just kind of funny. We had we had to shoot this scene and we were trying to get hold of watermelons and <laughs> trying to stuff these uh, fake packets of of <laughs> contraband inside them. I don't know. It's just you can't make it up. And then we're, we're just driving around with all this stuff in the back of a white van <laughs> and uh, hoping that nobody stops us and sort of um, it wants to inspect what we've got back there. But yeah, just just loads of mad things like that that you have to you have to do practically. Yeah. And, you know, how do you chop up a watermelon and then sew it back together? And how <laughs> right. would you really do that? with you know with something inside yeah you have to hollow it out obviously and then you know po possibly it wouldn't it was a great idea in terms of a cool idea from thorin from the writer but whether i don't know if i would recommend that to real criminals to, to use that because they're not very practical as <laughs> um, as a sort of smuggling device they tend to go a bit mushy and a bit you know sewing them up again afterwards took a yes. lot of effort so yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. Plus, plus like you, everything you film is well researched. <laughs> yes, plus yeah. plus you end up eating watermelon for the for the next like three days. <laughs> we fed the cast and crew watermelons. We did. Yeah, everyone's <laughs> eating watermelons for the whole shoot. Three weeks. <laughs> oh dear. So yeah, you've you've been working on uh, on you shot that a couple of years ago actually, didn't you? That's out now. London finally states. Is it about to come out in the US as well? Is that yeah? Next week on Tuesday, it will be out in the US. It's getting out on Amazon and all the rest. So cool. Going to be cool. So, awesome. Yeah. Looking forward to getting out there. So you've got that. You've also been doing a, a live action feature adaptation of The Little Mermaid. Well, although I'm assuming this version has less singing crabs in it than the uh, than the well-known version. <laughs> yeah, no, I've, I've been working on that much more recently. It's um, yeah, really exciting project. It's completely independent of the Disney film. It's um, an American production. And I was lucky to be asked to direct on that with, with the writer, Blake Harris, who's a brilliant, uh, brilliant guy to work with. And um, yeah, it's really exciting because um, we're hopefully should be, it should be coming out towards Christmas time now. Oh, cool. Um, and uh, it was a really sweet natured kids movie and, and just so different to London's finest, you know? Yeah. So going from drug dealers to mermaids, basically, and to doing family stuff and kid stuff yeah was was really fun and really exciting as a as a filmmaker to be able to play around in a completely different genre and to kind of go back to my kind of original you know geek love of all things fantasy and yeah yeah and, um you know fantasy fairy tale type stuff and and so that was yeah really really cool yeah good cast for that as well you've got shirley mclean in there yes and, yes uh, yeah, she's a, a pretty good get for a little independent film, you know. <laughs> yeah, and she's incredible. Yeah, she's uh, she's brilliant. She's playing uh, this uh, very very lovely grandmother character. Nice, and uh, she's very very sweet. And she's uh, narrating the tale of what happened in the 1930s, right? When she was a little girl, and okay. maybe she met uh, met a mermaid. 
And that's that's kind of the story. Okay, interesting. Um, yeah, she was great, and we have um, Poppy Drayton, yes, playing the mermaid. Who's, who's oh, really, okay. really, really sweet and really lovely. Yes, and fantastic mermaid. She can hold her breath for an unbelievably long amount of time. Really, underwater. Interesting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, I huge amount. Of um, yes, yeah. I, we uh, I interviewed her. I've certainly been in the room when we've done a press round table with Poppy because uh, she was at Comic Con for Shinara Chronicles last year, I think. Yeah. So uh, really fantastic. And um, William Mosley, who's uh, you know really well known for Nar- for the Narnia for being Peter in Narnia. Yes, he's uh, fantastic as well, and and was really really fun to work with. Really nice cast for that. So, uh, what are you doing next? <laughs> I'm working on a few scripts to shoot next year, but cool. I can't really say what they are right. until they're announced because, of course, yes. that's the way the industry works, unfortunately. Yes. But yeah, I'm uh, I'm really excited and working on some stories. Yeah, and hopefully one of them will be shooting very soon in the early ne- early of next year. Who knows? Okay, that'll be good. <laughs> And the last two questions we always ask people, because we cover a lot of TV shows on the website. I know you're a film director, but first of all, what TV shows are you watching at the moment? Well, of course, I'm watching Game of Thrones. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I thought that would be very and... much up your street, yes. <laughs> yeah, and really excited about that. And um, who knows where it's going to end this year. It's yeah. Very, uh, very interesting indeed. Actually, funnily enough, not many people know, but there's, speaking of fan films and having myself done, a Lord of the Rings fan film. Yeah. Um, not many people know this, but there are some amazing Game of Thrones fan films out there. Yeah. And okay. uh, there's a couple, uh, there's one called, there's one about Ben Jen Stark. Oh, right. It's just brilliant. Yeah. And uh, it's online. People should check it out. Yeah. A friend of mine's, uh, what is, is the filmmakers who made it. It's just fantastic. So, yeah. Okay. If anyone needs more Game of Thrones, I was getting <laughs> withdrawal. I recommend check that out as well. Okay, that's cool. Uh, and lastly, if you had the opportunity to work on any TV show, past, present, or future, which show would it be? Oh, past, present, or future TV show. You know what? Firefly. <laughs> Good man. <laughs> that's probably going to have to be that's it. Firefly, absolutely. Yes. Yeah, what a yeah. dream. <laughs> yeah. No, can't fault you there. I just cruelly. And you? Uh, yeah, I think I would probably go with Firefly. I mean, Firefly, Game of Thrones is the obvious one, but um, I, I mean, I I adore Firefly. It's one of my favourite yeah. shows of all time. So there's something about hanging out with those characters. Yeah, that's just magical, isn't it? That you can't. There's nothing like it. Yeah, yeah. brilliant. Yeah. So I think yeah. so. All right. Well, thank you for spending a little bit of time and uh, talking through yeah, your pleasure. your film and stuff. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, thank London you. London's finest in America, which is out next week. If you're uh, in the UK, where can you find the Hackney's finest? It's available on Amazon and iTunes and all of the usual online and DVD stores. Okay. HMP, all that. So, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Check it out. Awesome. Right. Thank you for coming on. Hopefully speak to you again at some point in the future. Likewise, David. Thank you so much. Cheers. 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 Bye. Bye. So that was the interview with Chris. Hope you enjoyed that. As I say, Hope for Gollum, if you want to go and watch that, you can find that on YouTube and uh, Hackney's Finest or London's Finest, depending which side of the Atlantic you are. That's around on uh, Amazon if you want to go and look for that. So uh, here's some highlights for next week on TV. (laughs)
So highlights for next week. You can tell we're, we're just starting to get in set into September. So there's a bunch of things reappearing and uh, new shows starting as well. First off, uh, 31st of August, we've got Lucifer gets its first TV broadcast. So um, that comes to linear, linear TV for the first time. That's coming to Fox on the 31st of August at 9pm. Amazing show. Really, really good fun if you've not seen it. Well worth catching. It's running on Amazon Prime as well. So the first two seasons are on there with the third season coming fairly soon but uh, this is the first time it's been on normal TV for those of you without an Amazon membership uh, well worth going to watch if you've not caught that Duck Quacks Don't Echo is back for its sixth season that's on uh, 31st of August at 8pm on Sky 1 then we've got Star which is the musical drama from the creator of Empire Lee Daniels about three young singers that's coming for its first season on 31st of August on 5 Star at 9pm it's the first time that's been shown over here. I think it came out last year. So the second season is due in America fairly soon. And that the second season will have a crossover with Empire as well. Oh, cool. That should be good. Crossover is always a good opportunity for stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Mm. And it uh, makes sense since they're both made by the same guy and they're both about yeah. music. So Narcos, which I'm really looking forward to. Narcos is back for its third season. That's on Netflix from the 1st of September. The entire season will be dropped on as a box set. So you can watch them move on from uh, Escobar and uh, move on to the Cali Cartel for this uh, new I, season. So I kind of, once that his story finished, I kind of thought like I was surprised when Netflix renewed this. I know yeah. there's other bits and bobs from still to do, but this season could be good. And I just had the doubt in my mind, but I, I, I don't know. Post the Escobar, I'm not sure what, what the show looks like. Yeah, I mean, this, this is going to be... Escobar was so entertaining and so kind of thrilling yeah. and kind of, you know, had yeah. some high stakes in it. So I'm not sure what it looks like without him. Yeah, it, it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, this will be make or break for this because obviously now Escobar's gone, uh, how you carry on with it. I mean, it's a good drama in its own right. I just, it's Escobar was such a big part of those first two seasons. Mm. I'm intrigued to see how it works without him. And the actor was so good as well. I, I'm yeah. not sure of his name, but he was really good in it. Yeah, really good. Um, Shameless USA, William H. Macy back in the American remake of Shameless. That's for its sixth season. That's coming to Netflix from the 1st of September as well. I think it was on More 4 originally, but it seems to be premiering on Netflix now. So uh, that's the sixth season of that. And also premiering on Netflix now, Gotham Season 3. As I say, the discs are out from the 28th. You can go onto the website and, uh, and win the discs if you want. But if, for those of you that have got Netflix, it is all coming onto Netflix from the 1st of September. It is also possible for those of you without Netflix subscriptions, although, to be fair, you could just spend seven quid, buy a month and then turn it off again. Yeah, um, and get like $200 shows as well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> but for those of you that don't want to buy Netflix or have got bad internet for whatever reason, Channel 5 may still air it. They are technically saying they still have the rights, so it may still turn up in the autumn. We don't know. Yeah, it is now going to be available on Netflix and on disc before then. I know it's a bit of a different situation, but it kind of reminds me when uh, Konami cancelled Silent Hills and then they said, like, we're never making another Silent Hills but we're not going to give the rights to, to Kojima who's now at Sony and they still have the rights to them with them to this day the game was cancelled two years ago and it's like well you really should just give it to, to yeah. Kojima so that the franchise can actually live on and not be you know again this is a dig at Konami not at Channel 5 yeah, yeah. but you know, them holding onto the rights for no particular reason and the Fox yeah. engine as well. Was, other, uh, other than, other than the fact that they don't want somebody else to have it, which is... Yeah, you know, yeah. Because yeah. they could have given it to Kojima and he could have 
made the uh, franchise live on. But, but there you uh, go. Yes, yeah. So that's Gotham season three coming to Netflix on the 1st of September. Then X Factor returns for its 14th season on the 2nd of September at 8pm on uh, ITV, if you want to watch that. Second season of Private Eyes, which is the Jason Priestley ex-pro hockey player turned PI drama, which runs on uh, Universal Channel. That's on the 4th of September at 8pm. And then Dr. Foster second season of that starts on the 5th of september at 9 p.m on bbc one that is coming back and uh, you said the first season's on netflix didn't you so yeah i think it's on our player but i know it's definitely on, on netflix okay. uh so yeah, i only have two episodes to watch in what, like a week or so yeah so yeah. i'm i'm sure i will get caught up so I'm, i think no. i'm gonna watch one later anyway so yeah yeah there you then go. maybe that's the next thing i do so i can go and catch up before season two so yes dr foster season two coming to bbc one on the 5th of september at 9 p.m that's all we have for this week the only other thing really to say is that if you're a game of thrones fan and uh, you want to come and listen to a bit more us talking about game of thrones wednesday we will be recording reviewing westeros which is our the game of thrones podcast uh that goes mm-hmm. out on entertainment talk so it's entertainmenttalk.org you can uh, find that and uh, that'll be me matt and maybe maybe not chris i don't know depends yes, on the maybe. Maybe. depends if he's late or if he's there or, or <laughs> yeah. what happens yeah. so uh, but that'll be the three of us going into detail about the game of thrones finale so mm-hmm. uh, so go listen to that if you're a game of thrones fan so yes that's over at entertainment talk for us you can go to geektown.co.uk throughout the week and see all the latest air date and news and there is a lot of news coming Coming through at the moment of like mm-hmm. TV shows returning and castings and uh, new things coming up and all that stuff. So go and check out the front page of the website at geektown.co.uk. If you want to get in touch with your questions and comments, you can email us on podcast at geektown.co.uk. Leave us a message on the website post. Find us at geektown on Twitter, on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash geektown, on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash geektown, and on Instagram at geektownuk. That's everything. We shall see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.